is Catalog Conversations from the Kendallville Public Library. Uh, my name is Gretchen Meinzen. I'm the Youth Services Assistant, and uh, we're going to be talking D&D today, guys. So uh, we're going to go around the table and introduce everybody. So go All right. Um, I am Alex Leach. I am a circulation clerk at the Kendallville Public Library. I am Alex Padilla. I am one of the players from Gretchen's campaign here at the library. I'm Devin Fansler. I'm also one of the players in the library game. Cool. So I'm assuming that most of our listeners uh, don't know what D&D is at all. Um, so D&D is a tabletop role-playing game that is basically collaborative storytelling. Um, it's played with dice and with paper sheets and the whole thing is led by a storyteller who's commonly called a dungeon master or DM that kind of guides the story and makes like the setting of where the players are and offers opportunities for the players to go do things such as hunt monsters or uh, investigate towns. You wanna add anything? Delve dungeons, Delve dungeons, slay dragons, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is called Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. So. It's the two title things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I currently run a program here at the library, Fridays at 4 o'clock, where we play some Dungeons and Dragons for a few hours. And it's really kicked off, and we're having a really great time with it. D&D was started in, what, 73? 73, 74, yeah. And so it's been around for... A solid long while, 45 years, I think. And uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it started off as like a, a war game, is what it started off as. Oh, it started yeah. out as a game called Chainmail, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah. And then it was a cha- it was Chainmail was a war game, and then they went into a dungeon using those same rules, and his players really, Gary Gygax's players really liked it, so they just. They started ran with focusing it. more on that, yeah. Yeah, they ran with it. And so then they started adding in monsters, which now makes up what's called the Monster Manual, which is a book of monsters you can put in your game. And they pull from mythology all over the world. So they've got harpies, they've got basilisks, like anything from classical mythology, plus some things that they've made of their own, which are quite crazy. Rust monsters? Yeah, they've got rust monsters and beholders, which are just like a big ball with a bunch of eyeballs on it that that float. Like, so it's amazing seeing how they get inspired from mythology and pull it into a game scenario. Which I know, at least a few of my friends who play, they didn't get involved in the game because they wanted to play the game. They were looking at the monster manual because they liked the designs of the monsters and the mythology behind it. And then they got into the game. So yeah, like mythology and like the whole like hero's journey kind of concept. Very, really. very Greek. I think we all kind of come at D&D from different angles um, based on where we are in our lives. Um, so I think it would be actually a really cool idea to go around the table and kind of say like what your favorite thing about D&D is and like what it's meant to you. Um, so I'll start. I've been playing for two years. And I've been playing with the same group of people for two years, and they're all my best friends. And not only have I gotten to know them better as people, just like outside of the game, but we've also gotten to know each other better inside of the game and like with all the decisions that we make. And it's kind of our weekly get together and helps us de-stress and 
usually we have some pretty good food with it too. So. Um, I think I've been playing for about 15 years. I actually started in middle school back in third edition. Um, and my, my favorite things about it are, like you said, being able to play it with a group of friends that you really get to know pretty well. And I also lo really enjoy doing things that would not be possible in the real world, like being able to, well, mentioned earlier, like fight a dragon or cast a magic spell or something like that. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the game. Um, my favorite part of the game is the mythology because it kind of combines a like mostly Norse, but a lot of other different mythology creatures. And it's just fun to experience the fight against them. And like, like uh, other Alex said, um, <laughs> he can like cast fire or something at him. Cause like right now in Gretchen's session, I'm basically Iron Man. I just shoot sun bolts out of my hands and it's, it's just so much fun. Uh, I've been playing for a couple months now in Gretchen's game, and uh, I have to say my favorite part is just the character creation portion because you get to create something that you, your personality will limit you to. So, like, my character, I'm a giant flamingo. <laughs> it's pretty Bright beautiful. Bright pink flamingo. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> It's beautiful. So I just get to, like, fly around, and I get to claw people, Don't and it's just fun. Oh, yeah, and I have a pet spider named Cornelius. And eat shrimp. Yes, eat shrimp, and then I glow. How did you, <laughs> how did you not tell me about the giant flamingo in the campaign? <laughs> There's so much wild stuff that goes on in there, Alex. All right. <laughs> yeah, some of the benefits of D&D &D are, um, especially I've noticed with teens, is... Uh, practicing turn-taking skills, especially in combat, because there is a specific order to which you do things. So some of the younger players especially are learning turn-taking skills, so they're not just butting into a conversation all the time. They're listening to other people. They're practicing listening to conversations that may not, they may not even be a part of, but it may end up being more important down the road. Um, and strategy and planning, a little bit of math. Not a, not a lot, but... It certainly doesn't hurt. Um, storytelling is huge. Yes. Storytelling and imagining and being like empathetic to somebody who's not you. Because most of the time you're not playing you. No. And your friends aren't playing them. So you have to be empathetic to someone that you don't really actually know, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, I could be playing... I'm a very tiny person. I could be playing <laughs> a eight-foot Goliath barbarian. <laughs> and that's someone who interacts with the world in a very different way than I do. So it's all about empathizing Putting with other people. Putting yourself in someone else's Exactly. Skin. And walking halfway across the continent to fight a dragon in those <laughs> shoes. <laughs> um, something along those lines is I think that D&D promotes teamwork. Mm. A, a very good teamwork environment because everyone, in, in most parties I've been in, everyone has their own specialty. Like, this guy's good at sneaking, uh, this guy's good at talking to people, and you kind of have to balance out and figure out who's best for which particular situation so you can get the best result that you can. Mm -hmm, definitely. And that's, like you said, everyone taking turns kind of in the spotlight. 
because yeah. you, you can't just have someone sitting off to the side. Everyone needs to work together. Yeah, you need to all participate. You can't do everything by yourself. Yeah. That's just not how the game works. That's not how real life works either. No, I mean, you can't do everything yourself. Good lessons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, the it kind of, like, it has me introduced to, like, new people, like the person here, Devin. <laughs> he has been quite interesting in the, well, quest we're going on. Squaw. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's his signature, Squaw. Um, <laughs> then I also met Gretchen through this because I originally started looking at D&D because of the mythology aspects of it because I've been, like, into mythology. So just kind of, like, I started, like, I found out that mythology creatures were in D&D, so I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to go check them out. Then I ended up finding someone that played D&D and thus ended me here in the library on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been quite the journey from exploring D&D, but it was definitely fun. You're definitely having fun with it. Oh, I can yeah. tell that when we play, like... You're all in, and it's it's hilarious. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a little too into it. <laughs> um, something that D&D has actually really helped with me is, um, so before I started, if you would have saw me, you would have saw me just, like, with my head down, walking quietly, not saying anything, and then... My friend brought me to one of these sessions, and like at first I was shy, but when it came to like the third session, I was out there. I was singing, I was dancing, I was <laughs> acting my things out. Um, yeah, and now like if you would see me just walking somewhere, I'd have my chin up higher. I'd be smiling more and just pay attention to more of the little things that could make life so much better. That is so sweet. <laughs> I mean, there's actually been a lot of evidence that D&D &D and other role-playing games actually help a lot with, like, depression and anxiety and also with, like, confidence building um, because you're exploring parts of yourself that you usually don't get to explore in just your everyday, day-to-day, -day, whatever, and you get to do it in a very safe space. Like, you're usually doing it with friends, and, like, you know that these people aren't going to, like tease you or whatever for being silly because it's just a game but you can apply that those skills that you're learning in the game to real life which is it's awesome it can it's a great confidence builder and, and kind of going back to the team thing you, you said it's a safe environment to be mm -hmm. trying different stuff in and if if you do try something and it doesn't quite work out you have the rest of the team to kind of back to you help up. you out yeah, yeah definitely and like um, in my game that I am in with my friends outside of the library, um, it's been, my character in that game is very, like, socially awkward, and so, and I can be as well, so, like, pushing my character to become more socially adept has also kind of helped me at the same time to learn things in situations that I probably wouldn't have been in otherwise. You know, so just like general social skills is a really great thing that can come out of it. Yeah, so there has been like this recent boom 
with D and D. Oh yeah. That I'm sure you're all aware of by yeah. now. At least the people in this room. I'm um, actually wearing a Stranger Things shirt right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, Stranger Things. So yeah, Things if you've that. if you've watched Stranger Things, the kids, I think that's actually the opening scene of the very yeah, first yeah. season. Yeah, playing there's D&D. opening thing. Literally fighting the Demogorgon. Yeah. First five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> and um, so that's actually uh, 2018 and 2019 was D and D's biggest years for like sales. And um, so D and D hasn't always been a popular thing, like. Oh, no. It was always like the 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 nerdy kids, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and like it wasn't something you like talked to like everyone about. But with this whole pop culture thing, like being a nerd is cool again. It's kind of weird to experience because I I like I said I had all the third edition books in middle school and no one else was playing it right. except for like me and like three other people. So seeing like everyone into it now is it's. It's it's very refreshing. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, yeah, because I guess uh, according to it, some D&D fact sheet, I guess more than 7,500 unique broadcasters streamed live games for more than 475 million minutes in 2017 oh on Twitch. God. That's, that's <laughs> wow. a lot of D&D being played. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. I love that. I want to be a part of that four million. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. And like techno like uh Chris Perkins, who's one of the guys yeah, who I, Yeah, writes. I think critical role's gonna start. No, Chris Perkins. He's <laughs> wizards. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm thinking the wrong thing. Sorry. There's too many people. <laughs> um but Chris Perkins over at D and D, he I'm said Matt Mercer, right? Yeah, you are. Yeah, sorry. He's also a delight. Um, Chris Perkins says that um, technology has helped demystify the game for people. Mm-hmm. So especially like you two, you both came into it not knowing how to play at all. Nope. <laughs> and so I was very fortunate that I could toss a site to you called D&D Beyond. And it's got all of the rules in there and like everything you need to get going. And we wouldn't have that without technology. Which is yeah, great. I guess the kind of the internet gaining steam over yeah. the years has kind of made it able to it's reach easier, more people. It's easier to get your hands. Yeah, because like you, like you, you said, you can start. just go to D and D Beyond and get stuff, or you can just Google it. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah, I mean, I, I type in things all the time, and it'll be like, for example, I'll type in like Demogorgon, and the first thing that comes up is D and D five E stat block. Like, <laughs> thanks Google. <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, well, like I said before, I had a friend who was just like, hey, come to the library with me. Let's play this game. I was like, okay. But like, when I first started, no idea what was going on. Didn't understand a single thing. Um, but like Gretchen said, she led me to the D&D Beyond. That helped a bit. Um, when it came to visualizing things, she gave good descriptions enough so I knew like what exactly was happening in the game since you can't exactly see the creatures like um I know that like some of the spells that I could cast like I had no idea what it did no idea what it was Gretchen told me like some basic knowledge on it and then I just progressively wrote down on the sheet of paper that I have like what to do for each spell what it does and so that I can actually 
have it all in one place rather than trying to memorize it because memory you can't memorize them. is not so good many. for this game, really. The, it, I guess it was kind of easier for me to remember all the stuff for D&D because I play a lot of video games in my free time and I play a lot of like stuff like Mortal Kombat where you have to memorize combos and all that. So it made it semi-easier to remember the stuff. It's just a lot of times I'll go, like, we'll be in a fight and I'll get too excited and I'll just throw the dice to attack and, and then Gretchen will be like, no, roll what? to attack. I'm, I'm like, like, what are you no, doing? No, why? I rolled good. Dude, just, oh, man, the dice hate me a lot. But <laughs> when I first problem. started, I made I basically made my friend play for me and I just kind of, like, was there along with the ride. I didn't really do much my first session. And then progressively it just kind of was easier for me to remember all my stats and stuff. Because, like, there are so many different races and class bonuses and all that. It, it's hard to remember. But, yeah, I just, I just progressively got easier for me. And now I kind of just do it without thinking and i'll still sometimes throw the dice without rolling for attack and i'll be sad because i'll roll good <laughs> yeah i remember um like one of my first sessions i was just like going through the spell slot like the spell casting things and i was just like oh thunderclap that sounds like a good damaging thing so i used it I took out a couple people other than the monster, so... Yeah, you did. That, that was... Friendly fire happened. Yeah, because I didn't ask what was what it did, so... Oh, my mistake. It was good. Area of effect spells. <laughs> I, think, I think if people want to get into it... I mean, this sounds crazy, but the biggest advice I can say is just jump in. Because, like, that's how I did it. Yeah. Like, I would suggest yeah. reading, like, the player's handbook first... And then, like, just jumping in. Because 75% of the kids in my game that come every week didn't know how to play before. And we didn't even have, like, an introduction class. Like, I honestly, I feel kind of bad sometimes, but I just kind of threw them into the fire. And they've done so well. And like, like you were saying, I feel like the best way to learn it is to actually play it, which sounds mm -hmm. kind of strange, but honestly, it's, it's the best. And it's... Starting, it can seem intimidating because the, the rule books are these three school textbook looking things. You're like, oh my God, I have to memorize all that. It's like, no, you really only really use, redundant, but you only really use one die for everything and that's a D20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you just that's roll a 20-sided die for most everything and the DM will tell you when to roll something else. And also if you play a character long enough, like, I've played my, my main character for two years. I have all of his numbers memorized. I can tell you what his armor class is right now. What's his armor class? 15. Okay. <laughs> like, eventually you start to memorize things and what they do. So that way you know what you've got at your disposal. You don't have to look at your sheet every time. Except for spellcasters, then you kind of always need to have the spell section of the player's handbook handy. Yeah. He, yeah. I have some bookmarks that's, that's in mine. That's the only thing. Some bookmarks in mine. Yeah, back to what Gretchen said about throwing them into the fire. I quite literally got thrown into the fire. Because, like, I would come, like, the first two, three days I came, I just went down repeatedly. And I just hung out. It, it, it you was, learned what not to do. Yeah. I, but you still do it. But 
Yeah, fun. but it's it's fun. It, it's why not? <laughs> I'm not able to do it in real life. Might exactly. As well. There's no repercussions for what happens in game. Yeah. Now, did you going down actually have to do with being on fire? Well, let's see. There was <laughs> that a, would be really funny if it did. <laughs> no, there was like a wooden moose creature that yeah. absolutely destroyed uh, me. There was a city that almost killed me. Banshees. There were the banshees that basically <laughs> grabbed me and yoinked me out of existence. I think you need to start recording these games. There was a druid fight. <laughs> oh, that'd be madness. Man, there was a druid fight. The thing just created a wall, and it's like, that makes life difficult for us. <laughs> now, don't it? Just, oh, man, That's I where really... the strategy comes in. Yeah, I got thrown into the fire. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just talk to this wooden elk creature thing, see what it wants. It wanted me dead. <laughs> It did one attack, and it killed me instantly. Yeah, you're the only one that was, had the ability to talk to it because you have, like, a specific languages that you can speak, and yeah. this wooden elk moose thing, whatever it was, only spoke of, like... Like Sylvan. Sylvan. Yeah. And so you tried talking to it because nobody else could, and you're just like, hey, want to be friends? And he's like, nope. nope. And then he headbutts you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need to ask you about that later. Yeah. I'm curious. No, yeah. Oh, um, definitely. Oh, man. We have some shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, apparently. You know, she she basically told me I'm going to start hanging out with the Grim Reaper at one point <laughs> if I keep going down the way I do. Just, I'm hanging out in the Black Sands of the Grim Reaper. Life's great. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm back last, like, one of the last sessions. Oh, yeah. Took the broom up and tried to go to the top of the center of the town. That was when I was uh, pincushioned yes. by four different arrows. Hmm, fun times. Yeah, and you <laughs> still didn't fall off the broomstick. Yeah. You're flying a broomstick in the middle of air, like, what was it, like 100 feet up or something, and then like you get hit by, it's the fourth arrow that actually took you down. Yep. I don't know how. <laughs> I, I don't know. L lucky saves, apparently? I guess so. That's the yeah. only time it's lucky. Yeah, during it's during that, that helps. Combat. Yeah. During combat, though, I swear to you, I roll a one almost every time. <laughs> it's just like ten or below. I can't do anything. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we, we've all had those days where you just keep rolling that once. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I think that's that's a fun part of the game is you can't control everything. Yeah. In fact, you control very little. Yeah. It's all in the dice. There's always that 5% that says you are not going to make this. Exactly. Which is always fun because you can have as many preconceptions about the game as you want. You could say, I'm going to go do a thing. I'm going to go be a hero. And your dice can say, nah. <laughs> One. Not happening. Nah, just trip over a branch and fall. <laughs> Which is great for improv skills. Yeah. You know, you just got to roll with the punches. Oh, yeah. And Sometimes literally. <laughs> uh, a little too figurative. On the other side of that, though, you have, if you roll a nat 20, oh, you can succeed a at a feeling. lot of silly things. Oh, but it's such a good feeling. It is. I had a halfling barbarian one time, <laughs> which is a silly combination of race and class, who managed to open a door by breaking it with his face. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that? With a nat 20. That's how you do that's that. That's how you do that. Yes. Oh, man. Lucky. Gosh, that's beautiful. Gosh. Now, that was a fun session. There were so many ridiculous times. 
Yeah, and like I think that's what I have most fun with when I'm running a game is introducing crazy things out of left field and seeing them deal with it and being like, this is a crazy situation. I wonder how you're going to cope with this. And sometimes... With even more craziness, of course. And sometimes it's, oh yeah, that's kind of how I expected it to go. But more times than not, they come way out of left field, and I'm sitting here for 10 minutes wondering what I'm going to do next. So, so you kind of just throw problems at them and let them solve it how they want to solve it yeah. instead of... Therefore, the Banshees existed. <laughs> yeah, the Banshees were... I just pulled that out of thin air. Yeah, quite literally, too. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are going to solve this. Here you go. Here's some Banshees. Good luck. Yeah, I got grabbed by the face and just pulled away from oh, the God. little area I was sitting at. I remember like my first game to where... Like, we, our first monster that, the first monster that I met was a giant wolf spider. And my first instinct was to tame it. So I tamed it and I named it Cornelius. And I've, he's just, yeah, he survived the song. Well, wait, nope, he died once. But he was revived. He's fine. Yeah. And like, being like more into throwing into the fire, I think it was like the first game I was easing into it, and my second game, I ended up in the jaws of a giant basilisk. Mm-hmm. That was terrifying for me, even though it's not like real. It was still terrifying because I thought like, oh, I just started this and I'm gonna die. <laughs> Goodbye, pink flamingo. <laughs> See you in the oh, God, I just got a mental image of that. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, really good. I forgot it? to mention my flamingo has bagpipes. It Are also, you a bard? Yeah. It also had like with the three, boomerang. It also had like three golden feathers up top. Like specifically three. All right, I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh man. And I think it's really funny that like we can share these stories now. Yeah. And like, I I mean I do it with my other friends. It's like, hey, remember that time? We almost got eaten by a crocodile, you know, like <laughs> there was it's the crazy stories that you come up with that you remember for years afterwards. I'm, I'm going to share one crazy story and then I'm going to stop because I've got so many. <laughs> but there was one time when my my DM found some weird, some very, very strange charts to roll on for random encounters. So me and my buddy, I, th- I think we were like, I was a knight and he was a barbarian, I think, and like. I don't know what edition anymore. But we were walking down the trail and we just got attacked by like 12 cats. <laughs> just angry. If it was me, I would have tried to tame them all. And, and what was funny about it is they, we, were, we had like full plate armor on so they could not hurt us at all. They just kept attacking us until we walked away and then they kind of followed us, kept attacking us. Couldn't do anything. It's the most random encounter I've ever encountered. Cats, man. Yeah, cats are Those vicious. cats. Man. I mean, there's always... You can always come to the library and play with it if you're a teen. I run that game if you want to get into it. There's, um, I mean, probably at local comic shops there's games. Yep. Yeah. I don't really go to them often, but I'm sure you can ask someone there. Yeah, there's a place up on Main Street called The Gauntlet. Yeah, Gauntlet. It does them. Yeah, see? So, I mean, there are plenty of ways to get into it if you're really interested, which is awesome. 
something that probably a lot of people who've been playing for a really long time and never really expected to see. <laughs> yeah. See it blow <laughs> up the way it did? Uh, yeah, especially the online community. There are so many, like, oh, yeah. like hey. Roll20 and... Well, that's the only one I can come up with off the top of my head. It's, like, Roll20... And you can buy so many dice, but for, but too. <laughs> yes. You can buy all of the dice, but all of the... All the virtual tabletops that exist online mm -hmm. is kind of mine. Yeah, Roll20 is the big one. But yeah, I mean, there. I mean, if you if you're ever on Twitch. TV, like it's it started with like video gamers playing like let's plays of video games, and then yeah. tabletop people were like, hey, I mean, people are having fun watching someone play a video game. Why wouldn't they have fun watching someone play D and D? And so then people started doing that, and especially. I'm going to bring it up, Alex. Critical Role <laughs> just exploded. I, I brought it up earlier. I know. Critical Role just exploded the whole thing. Like they once, did, yeah. once people started seeing that and seeing how fun it could be, that's how I got into it. I seriously found a piece of Critical Role fan art on Twitter, and then I went down the rabbit hole, and here we are. 